Well, good morning. I'm still getting situated up here. I need my table back. Oh, good morning. I am Pastor Andy. I have the great privilege of being God's megaphone today. I do not want you to hear me. It's been my fervent prayer from the depths of my heart that the words you hear are from God. I had conversation this morning about how unworthy I feel, how unprepared I feel, and how tired I am. And I believe, I believe God is going to answer my prayers. I want you to see God's love. I want you to hear his voice. And I want you to go home, whether you are in this building or if you've joined us online, I want you to be changed by God. Last week we had a fantastic lesson, a message given to us by God through Pastor Brandon about forgiveness. And this week I'm going to do my best not to break down crying. Because that's what I feel like all I have is just tears. And you deserve more than that, which is why I ask God to speak through me. I ask for his strength, his confidence, and his spirit. And I believe God will answer that. I was asked earlier this week, what am I going to talk about? And I said strength, which is kind of funny because I am very weak. And then I went on and I said, well, it's not just a physical strength. That has absolutely nothing to do with my body whatsoever. It has everything to do with a quiet strength that comes from within. And so as I was going through and prayerfully asking God to show me, to speak to me, what he was going to share today, I was given a whole mess of questions that I'm going to try to answer today. And I want to simply start out with this first question is, how do you make friends? Like many people, you are thrust into an uncomfortable situation, whether it's like uh, orientation at college, maybe job orientation. If you're a student, the first day of school, first period, you know some people, some people you don't, especially when you're younger. But you're thrust into this situation, and sometimes it's uncomfortable because you know absolutely no one. And the leader says, all right, we're going to do a little icebreaker. I want you all to stand up. Tell us your name. Uh, tell us your favorite color and what kind of toothpaste you use. I don't know. Why not? So everyone goes around and inevitably it becomes my turn. And so I say, hi, I'm Andy. My favorite color is hunter green and I use Tom's of Maine toothpaste. And it moves on down. And someone else 
Um, there's a guy named Brandon. He says, hi, I'm Brandon. I like um, the color red because my favorite football team, Ohio State. And I also use Tom's Main toothpaste. And immediately in, in, in my head, I hear, ooh, we have something in common. Toothpaste, right? Is, doesn't a friendship start on something superficial? Something very small and somewhat meaningless? But I heard that connection, and so I would go over to Brandon. I'd be like, so you use Tom's too, right? Yeah, all right, cool, man. We got that in common. We should hang out. But from that, you know, we would start to talk. And I would say, well, you know, I like Notre Dame. He's like, yeah, well, Ohio State rocks. I'm like, all right, Brandon, that's cool. And we would start to talk about other stuff. And we would start to build this friendship. And we would have fun together. But what's really... fundamental foundation thing of that friendship where it all started is we were talking and one of us would be listening and that's important and so it led me to another question and it was how do you spend time with god if we can go through and spend time with a person we talk with them we joke with them we laugh with them we get teary-eyed together and we start to show or share our lives with one another. We start, you know, small, you know, I had a rough day at work, and we work to the really big valleys and peaks, and we celebrate, um, you know, pregnancies, and then we, we celebrate the loss of life together. So the question was, how do I spend time with God? If I can do that with a person who wants to share with me their life they want to have that reciprocal friendship that reciprocal feeling of importance for at least one other person what do we do with god is it a quick prayer at a meal rub-a-dub-dub thanks god for the scrub amen let's eat or is it oh oh whew, thanks god that maniac missed me whew Is it those moments of panic that you spend with God? Maybe it goes farther. And like you today, or you online, you have made it a choice to go to church. Maybe you've made it a a priority to read his word. Maybe you like to sing. Like me, I, I usually have some kind of song in my head and It doesn't sound very good, but to God, it's from my heart, and it's a beautiful melody. Maybe you're like one of those people. Is that the time that you spend with God? If you you do, and you pray, and you, you know, give God thanks for meals, and you read your word, and you sing from your heart to him, those are all fantastic things. It really is. It's awesome to give God the praise and glory that the maniac missed you on the highway or maybe you're the maniac and he kept you from hitting someone else i don't know those are good things to do but is that the best we have to offer so i was curious 
about this question, you know, we went from how do I make friends, and we talked about spending time together, quality time. We talked about how we listen to one another. But in spending time with God and going to church and, and reading our Bibles and, and praying prayers of thanks or giving them our, our sick friends and asking God to heal them, are we doing the best we can? Is there something else that we can do? And it led me to this question. Would you be friends with someone that never let you speak? You just had the worst day in your life, and you want to go to Brandon and be like, hey, Brandon, I just want to, and he steps on your words, and he's like, dude, you can see the game last night. Ohio State rocked Michigan. It was fantastic. Best day ever. And you're like, dude. And he just goes on and on and on about how awesome their quarterback is, and they have the best defense, and it's fantastic how great Ohio State is for him. But I just wanted to share my heart. And so now I'm forced to step back. Is that the kind of friend that I want to have? Or maybe I can turn it around. Is that the kind of friend I want to be where I don't let people speak to me? It's a tough question, but the simple answer is no. You want to be heard. They want to be heard as well. And then we go on, because there's so many questions, I have to fly through them. We get to this next one, and it was, why would God want to be your friend if you did all the talking? God called Abraham his friend. Abraham listened to God, because God said, why don't you just get up and move to somewhere else? Well, where, God? And he's like, oh, just start going, pack your bags, and I'll lead the way. Okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but Abraham listened to him. If we don't let God speak into our lives, if we don't take the time to let God speak to us, to speak through his word, are we letting God be God? God wants so much more for us than just the superficial, God, I'm sick. God, get me through this work day. God, thanks for protecting me in the traffic. But God wants so much more than that. So much more. There's a man in the Old Testament. His name is Isaiah. He was a prophet. He was, he was one that God spoke through to the Israelites, God's people. And the situation is the Queen Jezebel hates God in all things God-related. And Jezebel set out to kill all of God's prophets and was succeeding very well. There was only one left, Isaiah. And that brings us to this passage of Scripture. I see, I have it up here. 30, uh, Isaiah 30, verse 15. Oh, no, that's the wrong passage. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. Excuse me. I have to collect my thoughts. What does God—I skipped a question. What does God want from us? 
this passage of scripture from Isaiah 30, 15 answers that question. And God, the master, the holy of Israel, has this solemn counsel. Your salvation requires you to turn back to me, to turn back to God, and stop your silly efforts to save yourselves. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence on me. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. We know God wants to save us from sin. Our sin, you know, we have the list of the Big Ten, and I'm just going this way, and you know, you have lying, cheating, stealing, murdering, idolatry, idolatry, and all those other things that keep us away from God. And God is saying, repent. And repent is simply turning 180 degrees, a new direction. Everything else is behind you, and now your focus is towards God. That's what God is saying here. In repentance and rest is your salvation. Give up your sinful selves, and I'll save you. But then he goes on. In quietness and truth is your strength. That seems counterproductive. Has your boss ever said, you need to get this project done? And you're just like, all right, I'm just going to sit here. nothing's getting done. What is it about this quietness that brings strength? We have to change in our minds what we are thinking about. God is not referring to our physical lives. He's talking about what's on the inside. Samuel Uh, when he was looking for the king of Israel, had all these good, strong young men, and yeah, they, they look great. But God said no to all of them. He said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God, Yahweh, I look at the inward. God knows what's already on the inside, and so that's what he's looking at right here in quietness and trust is your strength. So, Have you ever been in a group and it was completely silent? There's no no music, no one else is talking, and you're forced to just sit there. And anxiety begins to build. You desire something to happen. You want the quietness to go away. You want something to break it up. But in that quietness, we are vulnerable. We have given up control. And that is exactly where God wants us. To give up that control And that's where the trust comes in. Because when you give up control, when you are silent, you are powerless and you are helpless. 
And like that friend that you spend time with over and over again, you begin to develop that strong relationship. When you spend time with God, you begin to realize, I can trust him with more and more of me. There's a quiet strength building out of that uncomfortable moment when we give up. So why does God want us to be silent? So he can take control, so that we will give up. Here's a question. What does the world have to offer? God says, I want you to be silent. I want you to know that you can trust me. And God isn't saying, I need you to stop talking forever and always. I need you to be a lump on a log. That's not what God is saying at all. He's saying, when you spend time with me, trust me that I know what I'm doing. What does the world offer us when this happens? The world says, you're not doing anything. You're not busy enough. We get stuck around these schedules. And we set priorities for my family. We are making this new priority that every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, we have two soccer practices and one soccer game. And we've made that commitment that that's what we're going to do for our daughter. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But all of a sudden, what was in place of those practices has to find another place in my schedule. Whatever it was, it may be dinner time. Now we have to figure out what we're doing with that. Is it going to be an 8 o'clock dinner or is it going to be a 4.30 dinner? I don't feel like I'm 96, so I don't want to eat at 4.30. I heard Marilyn chuckling at that one. There's a little video we're going to watch. This is what the world values. 